Hey there, welcome to the Dressage with Amelia podcast, where it's all about breaking things down and helping you learn to love your ride. I'm your host, Amelia Newcomb. These sessions are recordings from my Facebook Live, where I answer as many questions as I can from my audience. I hope you enjoy this episode where I answer your questions about dressage. Please help me out and share this with a friend who also rides horses. Alone tonight, I don't have my wonderful husband along with me. It's been so fun to have him join our Facebook Live sessions, but I am obviously not at home. You can tell by the background, I'm not at home. I am down in Murrieta training with Yo Hinneman. So I'm down here for the week. In tonight's call, I'm going to cover a lot of different things. We have some exciting announcements coming up. I wanted to talk a little bit about what I've been learning since I'm down here training with Yo Hinneman with my three horses, which I'm very grateful for this opportunity. Um, I wanted to talk about your attitude because your attitude has a huge impact on your riding and on your training. I wanted to talk about some news and some exciting things that are coming up in the next few months, like the end of this year and then moving on until next year. And then as always, I love to answer your questions. So if you're here, give me a hello in the chat, please. Hey, Amelia. Hey, Betty. Hey, Talon Rash. Um, Great to see all of you. Also, there is a link for you to download a free worksheet and webinar about contact and connection. So if you haven't downloaded that yet, please do it. Um, Hey, Susan. Hey, Megan. All right. Good to see everyone that's here. Okay. One big and very exciting announcement is that we reached 100,000 subscribers on YouTube, which is so exciting and such a big milestone. Um, I've been making YouTube videos for like four or five years now. And it's so funny to go back and watch some of my first videos because they were just like cringeworthy and pretty bad. Um, when I first started making YouTube videos, I was just experimenting and trying to figure out what worked, what people liked, what people didn't like. And it took me a while to really figure out that people, you guys, you like educational videos. So like quick, actionable tips that you can watch in five minutes and that you can then go and implement. So uh, thank you for subscribing to my YouTube channel. Thank you for watching my videos. It's really special that I can help you and that my little tips you know, they make a difference in your writing and that I can share my knowledge and my education in a way that is helpful to you. If you are not a subscriber on YouTube, please subscribe. And that way you get notified when I post a new video every single Wednesday. The other thing, if you can, please help me out with Amelia's Dressage Club. I'm on a mission to build membership in the club. So What you can do is go onto Facebook, go to Amelia's Dressage Club. There's a little blue button that says invite with a plus sign. I think it has a plus sign. And then click into that 
and just invite any of your horse friends. That would really help me out. Um, I'm trying to grow our community. And I think that in Amelia's Dressage Club, we have a really special community that's very supportive, very positive, and we're able to like really encourage and help one another when we have a question or a struggle in our riding. So if you can invite your friends, I would greatly appreciate it. Okay, first and foremost, why am I in this strange background? Why is my husband not here? So in California this summer, we've had an outbreak of vesticular stomatitis, which is, it's this virus that's mostly transmitted through flies or horse-to-horse -horse contact. And it causes all these sores in the horse's mouth. It can also cause sores on their coronary bands. It's not lethal, like horses don't die from it. But our barn was very worried about the outbreak. And so we were quarantined. We weren't allowed to leave for like three months. And so then finally last week, they lifted the quarantine and they decided that we were able to like leave. That's why I haven't been going to any shows or going to any clinics. So basically I felt like I've been grounded for the last three months with my horses, which isn't a bad thing. I always try to see the good in every challenge that I have in my life. And so I was like, all right, well, that means I'm just gonna have to stay home and work on the basics and get my horses better since I'm not able to compete or go to any shows. But the quarantine was lifted. And so I like took my horses and came down here. I'm in Murrieta training with Yo Hinneman. So I brought my horses. I brought my computer. I rented this Airbnb, which is like working out fantastic. The internet is really good, so I've been able to still do all my computer work, all my Zoom calls, and I've been learning a lot with my three horses. So Jo Hinneman is like one of the German master trainers. He is such an incredible teacher and trainer. He's trained like, I don't know, I think like 16 riders to the Olympics, and I've learned so much from him. So a couple of things we've been working on. Number one today was our corners. Today's theme in our lessons was riding good corners. And what he wanted me to do in the corners was really keep the horses in shoulder four or shoulder in through the entire corner. So it's almost like as you go through the corner that you keep the shoulder out of the corner and you push the hip deeper into the corner. And the reason that it's really important that you ride shoulder in through your corners is because it sets you up for the next movement and it forces your horse to stay engaged and carrying on their inside hind leg. Most horses, when they go through corners, they want to kind of fall out through their shoulder and then go in with their hip. So horses kind of want to go like haunches in and be a little sloppy through their corners. But when you can really control the shoulder more, keep your horse and shoulder in, push that inside hind leg under, it sets you up really well for the next movement. So whether your next movement is you're going to go across the diagonal and ride, you know, a lengthening or, or a medium trot, or you're going to come out of the corner and ride a half pass, whatever movement's coming up, having that control through the corner is really helpful. And um, 
Another thing that he said, so with Luigi, Luigi's my youngest horse. He's not as confirmed as Harvey. And so with Luigi, he said, well, you don't have to go as deep in the corners. So like you could make your corner a little more rounded, but still really have that shoulder in feeling and that control. So that was um, really good and really a challenge. And you know, one thing about riding and training is just having that discipline to be very consistent with your horse, that your every corner you have to think about that. And then eventually it becomes automatic for your horse where they're just more on the aids and you don't have to think about it all the time. So that was one thing. Um, the other thing that Hinneman always has me do in my lessons is like millions and millions and millions of transitions. Um, so trot, walk, trot, trot, canter, trot, walk, canter, walk. I should have counted, but I promise that with all three horses, we do at least a hundred transitions, if not more. And really focusing on the throughness, the straightness, the connection. Gosh, with Luigi, my youngest horse, he really likes to bring his head up in the transitions and kind of use his underneck instead of staying round through his body. And so we've really, really been working on that and being very particular about every single transition because that really is what builds your horse's strength and what builds your horse's top line. One thing, I'm going to try to get an interview with Hindeman. Um, I asked him if he would do an interview with me and I wrote down a bunch of questions. So hopefully tomorrow I can get him to sit down and and we can chat a little bit because, you know, he's older, but he's such an incredible source of knowledge about the sport. I mean, he's been in the sport for so long. He's seen it evolve. He's seen it change. Um, but I was going to say one thing that he also talks about is the relationship between submission and suppleness. And I think that in the English language, submission has a negative connotation that it doesn't have in German. And so when um, you hear the word submission, you really want to think about willing compliance. I guess that's the best way of saying it, that we want our horses to be willing, but we also really need our horses to be obedient so that we're in control and we can stay safe. I mean, that's really important with horses, I think, to remember is, Yes, we love our horses and they're wonderful creatures and they're an a par important part of our life, but they're also big and they can hurt us. And so because of that, they really need to be respectful and they need to be obedient and submissive so that when push comes to shove, we're in charge and they're not challenging that. But Hinneman talks about using submission to get suppleness because Suppleness is about physical and mental relaxation of your horse. And when they're submissive, when they're obedient, when they're listening to you, it helps your horse to relax, which I think is something that's very important to remember is that when you are the leader and you're confident in what you're asking and you give your horse something to do, it helps them to relax. What does that mean? So that means that when you get on your horse, you have a plan. 
you know, this is where we're going. This is the speed we're going. We're going to do this exercise. We're going to ride this pattern. We're going to make our circles and go between the cones. All of that stuff where you're getting your horse on the aids and you're working on submission gets the suppleness because it's through that submission work and through the getting control of your horse's mind and body that gets them to relax. Um, so I think that that's just an interesting perspective on the training of the horses that, um, that Joe Hinneman always talks about. But anyways, I'm going to convince him tomorrow to do an interview. So if you all have any questions that you want to ask Mr. Hinneman, put them in the chat and I will see if I can, um, if I can get him to answer them. Okay. The other thing, the other, um, lecture that I have for you all tonight is I have been doing a lot of office hours with um, my stride students and also with the students in the training scale masterclass. One thing that we do in those programs is students send in their videos and then we get on Zoom and we pull up the videos and we review them together like in a group setting. And it it's amazing. It is amazing to see the students, to watch your videos, to see your progress, to give you homework and then see your next video and to see the improvement. Like it just, it blows my mind. And I'm so proud of all of you for investing in your education, for learning the exercises, for taking video. It is so helpful and so wonderful. But my um, my lecture is about your attitude. And I have to work on my attitude with my horses. I will definitely be the first to admit that. Sometimes I, you know, I want to do well and I want to improve. And sometimes I can get a little bit too negative and too down on my horses. One thing that I've noticed now that I've worked with thousands and thousands of students is that the attitude that you bring to your riding and to your lessons and to your horse is the difference between succeeding and making progress versus just stagnating or getting worse. And that's um, sobering to hear, but the good news is that you can change your attitude and you can change your perspective. And when you change your perspective, it makes all the difference. When I have students that come to office hours and, you know, they're like excited about what they've learned or the little, like I had one student last night, she's like, I can feel two reins. Like I have an inside rein and an outside rein and it's so exciting. And I get these little glimmers of what is possible, but here's what I need to work on still. And what do you think about this? And they're asking questions and they are receptive to my instruction, but they're also um, they have like what we call a growth mindset. So a growth mindset means that you believe that you can improve. You believe that you can get better. And same thing with your horse. Like you believe in your horse. You believe that your horse can improve and can get better. And I think that that's really, really important when we're struggling and when we 
get discouraged is to always flip and have that positive outlook and see something good in your ride. I had another student during one of my office hours this week and she wrote in and she was like, I'm so frustrated and I just can't get the engagement and nothing's going right. And my horse is tense and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, what's one good thing that happened in that ride? What is one moment that you felt the engagement? Did you reward your horse for that moment? Did you praise your horse? Always try to see the good in every single ride or in every single struggle that you have and then build on that. And the other thing that I told her is, you know, sometimes you just need to take a break. Like you need to just take two days off, don't ride your horse, do something else, and then come back to it. Because two days off gives your horse's muscles a chance to fully recover. It gives you a chance to recover, and then you can start again on a fresh slate. So um, yes, Lynette says, I really learned to appreciate micro improvements. Let's see, Mark says, once you realize the horse is not the problem, you'll stop training the horse and start training yourself. Yes, that is a that is a good quote as well. Um, turn the negative into positive. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, you know, and I'll be the first to admit sometimes my attitude isn't great. And I'm like, oh, like I'm just the horse is never gonna be this. And it's it has this problem, it has that problem. And you know, it's never going to be a Grand Prix horse. But the truth of the matter is that there's no perfect horse. There is no perfect horse. And you have to take with your horse the good and the bad and learn from every single horse that you have. Because I really believe that every horse that comes into your life is there to teach you something about yourself and to help you become not only a better rider, but also a better person. And, you know, like Mark said, that we are a huge part, like the, the attitude that we bring into our lessons and into our rides dictates our horse's reactions to us. And so when you go to your ride and you're like, oh, good boy, you know, and that doesn't mean that you can't correct your horse. Like, like I talked about earlier, submission, like hey, listen to me, pay attention. Oh, good boy. You're such a good boy. Great horse. Like recognize those moments that are good and focus on the good rather than the bad. And it will make a huge um, difference in your riding. So I hope that little pep talk has helped you. Um, the other thing, so upcoming news, we have uh, 30 Days to Round is coming up in September, which I'm very excited about. So enrollment opens on September 1st for 30 Days to Round. And we did this challenge last year, and it was really, really fun. Um, I was a little bit nervous about it. It was like the first time that I'd ever done a course in this format in 30 days. And um it was the most amazing experience. Like it was so exciting. Everyone was so pumped and working with their horses every day. And the transformations that we saw, like both in the riders and the horses were incredible. So we've made the course even better. We have a lot of really fun activities to, um, to help you stay motivated. And it's going to be just an awesome time. So we have that coming up. 
And then I also am planning new new courses and new programs for the new year. I know someone asked when when is third level course coming out? So that's in the works. Um, but yeah, I'm just very excited about all the content that we have coming in the pipeline. And the thing that's most exciting to me really is um, seeing that the programs work and that online training is possible. And I see it in my students all the time. You know, you're watching the videos, you're learning the theory, you're videoing yourself, you're comparing, you're trying so hard to improve and it really does work. And it like, it gives me goosebumps to see it happening and to be a part of that and to know that I'm able to reach so many people without like physically touching you. So anyways, give yourself a pat on the back for being the best community and the best students ever. Okay. I have time for a few questions. So let me pull up. Um, the first question is from Sasha. Sasha says, what are the best things to work on at walk and trot and on the ground to prepare a horse for counter canter? Hmm. That's interesting. Okay, so counter canter, counter canter really is a test of your horse's balance and straightness. So I would recommend at the trot, I would definitely work on some leg yields and some shoulder in or shoulder four. That's going to really help you to get your horse more supple, to get your horse more in control, and that will help you with your counter canter. The biggest mistake that people make in the counter canter is that they overbend their horse and push the haunches in. So they kind of cheat by using a lot of outside leg to shove the haunches in and then really overbending their horse to the inside. So working at the walk and the trot to really get your horse in shoulder four and have that positioning will help you with um, your counter canter. Okay, Betsy says, I've been working on inside leg to outside rein and was wondering what role your seat bones play. Ooh, that's a good question. And inside leg to outside rein, it's like such an important and difficult concept. So for those of you stride students, next year we have a full workshop, an entire month planned on inside leg to outside rein. So I'm looking forward to that. But when you're connecting your horse from inside leg to outside rein, you should have just a little bit more weight on your inside seat bone. I would say that it's like 60% of your weight should be on your inside seat bone because that helps to engage your horse's inside hind leg. So with inside leg to outside rein, your horse's inside hip is lowering a little bit. Your horse is bending around your inside leg. And so putting a little bit more weight on your inside seat bone will help that. And any time that you are riding a turn or a circle, you should have a little bit more weight on your inside seat bone to keep your horse engaged. Okay, um, let's see. Lawrence. Simple exercises to do at home to better your posture on your horse. <laughs> I love that question. Yes. So if you slouch, 
when you're sitting at your desk or when you're driving, you're going to slouch when you ride. So definitely working on your posture. I'm sitting up a little straighter now. I hope you are all sitting up straighter now as well. Um, working on your posture will improve your riding. That's actually one thing when the judge is assessing your rider position score at the end of a test when they're deciding what score to give you on your rider position, they do take into consideration your posture. Um, the other way that I like to stretch at the end of the day is I have a ball, like one of those big um, exercise balls, and I like to just lay on it with my arms out to the side to get like a really nice stretch in your chest. Or if you have a foam roller doing the ITY where you basically like hold your hands out to the side, hold your hands over you, anything that you can do to open up your chest and stretch that area is um, highly recommended. Okay, let's see. Megan, when do you know you're ready to school second level? That's a good question. I would say when you're doing first level and you can like ride through all the movements of first level, then that's when you start schooling second level. And the way the tests are designed, they're really designed to help you train your horse. So you know, you start at training level, you work through those tests. When those are easy, you move up to first level, work through those, move up to second level. In general, it's at least one year per level. Like it's at least a year at training level and then a year at first level and then a year at second level. It just takes that much time to really get confirmed in the movements. And then it's important to remember as well, even if you're schooling second level, you still have to remember your basics. <laughs> For those of you in the training scale, you still have to go back to rhythm, suppleness, and connection. You still have to do trot, canter, trot transitions, even though in second level, now you're doing walk, canter transitions. So good things to keep in mind. Um, let's see, Judy, exercises to maintain roundness during transitions and looking forward to 30 days to round. So yes, there's a lot of exercises in 30 days to round that will help you um, keep your horse round during the canter transitions. Some of my favorite exercises for roundness are the snowman exercise. I think that's probably one of the best exercises to keep your horse round during the canter transition. And also going back to walk, trot, walk transitions. Because if you're having trouble keeping your horse in the trot canter transition, they're probably going to do the same thing in the walk, trot transition. So go back to walk, trot, walk, focus on the roundness there, then try to try it in the canter. Um, okay. Um, Let's see. There's a few questions here. Oh, everyone's saying happy birthday. Thank you all. Yes, it is my official birthday tomorrow. So thank you in advance for the happy birthday wishes. Lori's question is, what is the best way to teach haunches in? That's a good question, Lori. So the way that I like to teach haunches in is I like to start by teaching my horse a leg yield with their head to the wall. So you basically go at like a 45 degree angle to the rail and then leg yields down the rail at 45 degrees. 
And I like to use that to introduce the haunches in because it gets that positioning and it gets your horse the idea that you want the haunches to come off the rail because um, when you're first teaching haunches in, it seems very foreign to the horse. They're like, well, I've always gone straight down the rail. So why would I all of a sudden like bring my haunches in? That doesn't make any sense. So start with the leg yield with the head to the wall. And then all you need to do is change the bend. So in the leg yield, your horse is going to be slightly flexed to the outside towards the rail. For the haunches in, then you bend your horse to the inside. Um, and if you're having trouble with getting the bend, then what I would do is I would do 10 meter circle into haunches in. So you basically do a 10 meter circle and the last quarter of the circle, you put your outside leg back to keep the haunches off the rail. And then you have your haunches in. So I hope that helps you definitely haunches in and, um, half pass are tricky. It's the first time that your horse has to look in the direction they're going and move their haunches in that same direction. So it requires a lot of suppleness and sophistication in the aiding system. So I hope that helps you. Alrighty, everyone. Um, I think that's all the announcements. If you came in late, go back and watch the beginning of tonight's session because there was some great tips from Yo Hinneman. I also talked about the importance of your attitude that you bring to your riding. So go back and watch that. Please invite your friends to join Amelia's Dressage Club. Go to Amelia's Dressage Club. There's a little blue button with it says plus invite. Click on that. Invite your riding friends. It would really help me out. And um, I'm looking forward to two more days of lessons with Yo Hinneman, and then I'm going back home. I very much miss my husband and my dog, but it's really great to get education and to get help. And I'm just such a believer in education and in learning. It's so important. So have a wonderful evening and we'll see you next week. Bye everyone. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for all of your awesome questions and I hope you learned something new from listening. If you're new to the podcast and you'd like a question answered on a future one, get on touch on Facebook through Amelia's Dressage Club, Instagram at Amelia Newcomb Dressage or YouTube at Amelia Newcomb Dressage and mark the question for the live sessions. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like it, please share it, review it, and tune in again next week. Thanks so much and happy riding.